Welcome to Hack to Start, a podcast focused on interesting people and the innovative ways they achieve success. I'm Franco Variano. And I'm Tyler Copeland. Each week we speak with a new guest about how they created, hacked, and hustled their way to the top and distill their insights and experiences for you. The path to success isn't always linear. Hack, start, and repeat. This episode is brought to you by Breather. Find beautiful, practical spaces that you can reserve on the go. Ghost, a simple, powerful publishing platform that allows you to share your story with the world. And SoundCloud. Hear the world sounds. This episode features Kat Noon, the co-founder and designer of Liberio. Make ebooks really simple, right from Google Drive. Hey, Kat. Thanks for being on the show today. Hey, thanks for having me. So let's start the show off by getting to know where you're from, what did you study, and how did your passion and entrepreneurship develop? Um, okay, uh, so I'm uh, originally from New York. I'm born and raised in New York, uh, Brooklyn to be exact. Um, and uh, I actually went to school um, as a bio major, um, which, is, cool. yeah, which is... Very, very different from uh, what I'm currently doing. Um, but uh, I mean, I heavily focused yeah. on psychology, um, so it, it in the end it, it actually uh, it actually paid off um, in design uh, psychology at least. Um, and I think uh, you know from there it it, it kind of developed. Um, ever since I was in high school, I I truly, truly enjoyed design. And growing up, um, I mean, I was I was painting everywhere. I was drawing everywhere. Um, I had a very clear idea of, of what worked and what didn't and what should be and what shouldn't. Um, so I, I probably should have known back then that I, uh, that I was going to end up as, as some type of designer. Um, but, uh, yeah, in high school, I, I, I really got into, uh, actual, um, design, web design and graphic design and so on and so forth. Um, and as the years went on, I, I, I didn't think it would, it would be, something that actually made me money. Um, and I was a bit naive as to, uh, how wonderful pursuing that as a career could be. Uh, so I did part-time, I freelance designed and, um, actually worked in the education industry for quite some time until I, I finally took the plunge into design full-time. As you mentioned, you spent a lot of time, um, in the ed- education industry in the early days. So how'd you get involved in this field? Um, so, uh, like I said, I, I went to school as a, as a bio major and also heavily focused in, in psychology. Um, and, uh, at the time and actually still currently, um, one of my relatives, uh, worked in the special education field, um, with, uh, children on the autism spectrum and, uh, children with, uh, with behavior disorders and a, a whole, uh, slew of things, um, and I just, I absolutely loved it. I, I, I love kids and I loved the idea of, of doing something to, to help them, um, you know, despite whatever was going on, um, you know, in their lives, these, these little, these little kids, um, you know, were very small and, and, you know, they needed someone on their side too. They needed someone to help them. Um, and I loved the idea of that. Um, so I, I pursued that, um, you know, after college, um, and, and it was fantastic, um, but in the end, it, it 
wasn't for me. Despite how much I loved it, it's it's not where my my passion was. Um, yeah, and I, I just couldn't see myself doing it uh, 30 years down the road as much as I would have loved to, as much as I loved the kids and and I loved seeing their success stories. It just wasn't something I saw myself doing for the next 30 years. Exactly. So before you started your own project, you were involved in the design of large brands like ADP. Mm-hmm. Why did you decide to leave to pursue your own thing? Um, so a, a few things. Um, you know, after, I mean, I worked for for ADP um, right after freelancing. They were actually re- the reason I decided I was I was going to leave freelancing. Um, and I love the idea of, of uh, working for a, a really big company. I feel like you should you should try working for a, a wide range of uh, companies, whether it's an agency, whether it's a, a startup, whether it's a big company. Um, I wanted to try it all, and the opportunity came up to uh, work for ADP for their innovation labs and head up the design team there. Um, so I said, okay, this is this is a fantastic opportunity, um, and uh, and. I love doing it. Um, at the same time, uh, you know, I disliked it um, uh, for for a few reasons. For a few reasons, um, one being the fact that it's a it was a really large company, mm-hmm. uh, and I think there are a lot of uh, a lot of cons that come with um, working in a in a corporation, and uh, and by corporation I mean very corporate. Um, and it just, it, it wasn't, it wasn't for me as much. I loved, I loved what I did there. I loved what we got to work on. Um, but in the end it just, it wasn't where I wanted to be and, and I needed to take the steps further to exactly, you know, what I wanted in the end. Um, and after ADP, I moved on to, uh, working at a mobile agency, which again, uh, was absolutely fantastic that I think everyone should work at an agency. Um, I mean, I think it, it, it teaches you how to, how to really, really move quick. Um, you know, you have these tight deadlines, um, you have these tight expectations, um, and, and there is no, okay, I'm going to really take my time on this. There is no, yeah, we have a milestone, but it's okay if we don't get, if we don't, uh, push it out this week, you know, that's not, that's not how it works. Um, you have a deadline, you meet it, um, and I think that that teaches you really, you know, how to work under pressure, you know, what crunch time is really like and, uh, you know, meeting expectations that, that you set. Mm-hmm. So after that, uh, you ended up kind of co-founding and, and taking the lead design role at uh, Liberio. So what is it and what drove you to create it? Um, yeah, actually, after um, after uh, I left the agency, I did, I, I came over to Berlin and um, I co-founded Liberio. Um, I met with, uh, my, uh, my partner and the, uh, CEO of Liberio not long, not long at all, actually, after moving to, uh, Berlin. Um, he was a good friend of, um, uh, my partner, Ben, and, uh, Ben introduced to both of us and, you know, we got to talking about Liberio and he actually had the, uh, you know, the, the idea for it. Um, and we spoke about it and his thoughts and I shared my thoughts and, uh, you know, we went from there and we built on it into what you see today. Um, but once he initially told me, uh, his thoughts, I said, you know what, this is, this is fantastic. I, I definitely, uh, want and need to be a part of this. And, you know, we, we hit it off from there. 
And did you guys immediately build it um, sitting on top of Google Drive, or was that like a, a pivot that came later? No, no, no. Um, it, uh, we built it from the very um, beginning on Google Drive. Um, it just it it made sense. Um, you know, our big goal is uh, for everyone to be able to create and publish uh, their their eBooks on Liberio, and um, although not everyone uses Google Drive, um, there is a very, very large amount of uh, people who do use Google. Um, and so to us, that was just the, the obvious um, place to start. Mm -hmm. And are you guys going to branch out to other things like Dropbox or uh, whatever Microsoft's <laughs> version is? Uh, it's, 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 it's something we're talking about. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so what else are you guys going to, uh, like what new features can we expect to see from it in the new year? Um, I mean, I know you guys got a, a terrific community and stuff like that, uh, but are you going to continue growing it or branch out into to other types of content? Um, I, I mean, yeah, the, the, the community is absolutely fantastic. Um, and, and I think that was something that we, we didn't even realize from the beginning was how wonderful the, the writing and self-publishing community is because everyone in it um, understands how difficult uh, it was, and, and in some ways still is. You know, mm -hmm. you know, up until Liberia. Um, so to to be a part of that community now is absolutely wonderful. Um, and of course, you were, we're our goal is to grow. Yeah, our goal is to get everyone uh, on the platform using it to, um, you know, write, create, and, and publish their work. I remember seeing uh, the initial landing page of Liberio, and it's it's crazy to see how far it's gone since the early days. But in on the side, you've been working and collaborating on uh, several projects with Ben, your partner in design and life, specifically Typo Guide, and then the designer relationship. Mm -hmm. um, while creating Typo Guide, it's mostly Ben's project. But how, what was your role with with the with the launch of this guide? Um, so yeah, that that was. That was definitely um, Ben's baby. Um, uh, but for me, um, when it came to the, the role that I played, I think uh, it's, I was more of the, uh, the proofreader and the editor and the buffer, the buffer of social media. Um, so that, you know, that's, that's a lot of uh, what I do for it. And uh, in the background, yeah, he uh, typically bounces ideas off of me. And the same thing with my side projects, I bounce ideas off of him. Um, so yeah, that was that was mainly what I did for uh, for Typo Guide, and uh, the exciting news is that uh, Volume Two is uh, is coming, so uh, you can pre-order that now. So that's something that's really exciting. You know, I, I came across the website and saw that you guys are actually physically printing these uh, these guides yeah. in, in in small forms that you can almost yeah. fit in your pocket. So it's yep. uh, it's really cool to see. Yeah. So um, on the side of uh, Typo Guide, you guys have also created uh, the designer relationship. Would you be able to walk us through what this project is? Uh, yeah, um, honestly, it's it's a it's it was something we we decided to do on a whim. Um, we were hanging out in our living room one night, and um, and I mean, typically, you know, as as expected, um, with us both being designers, there are very stereotypical things that we do and and say um, that come up. Uh, very often and uh one night hanging out we we said you know what let's uh let's start a let's start a tumblr for this uh, and we did um and and you know we we set it up so that people could uh could tweet 
this uh, this designer relationships hashtag and uh, and say a bunch of very stereotypical designer relationship things. Um, and and we got a we got a lot, and it was it's 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 honestly for for pure humor um, because I think it's. I mean, it's stereotypical, and <laughs> and, and others uh, in the in the industry can definitely relate. Um, and I think that's something uh, nice that that we share together is is not only you know being partners in in life, but uh, having this this relationship and being able to bounce ideas off of each other and and falling into these stereotypes. And you know, it's it 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 sounds stupid, but um, you know, I think other designers who are who are in these relationships can really appreciate um you know a lot of the a lot of the stuff that's said so it's it's pretty cool yeah it's it's, it's funny I, I i went through several different uh quotes that you have there on the site so you guys created two projects on the side is there anything else you guys have in the works that we can see in the future or do you have any other ideas um so we we just uh not long ago kicked off um or rather kicked out the the landing page for something called uh, The Gentle Hound, uh, which we're um, in the process of working on. It's still very early stages. Um, but what it is is uh, it'll be high-quality goods for um, for your, your hound, your dog. Um, we absolutely love our dog, um, you know, our little puppy. And, uh, you know, in searching for products for him, uh, we found that much like products for humans, uh, a lot of them are made really, really crappy. Um, it's not high quality. It's not designed nicely. Um, the colors are absolutely awful most of the time. Um, and, and we said, you know what, uh, the same way we'd want high quality stuff um, for a reasonable price, um, you know, I bet you pet owners want the same thing for their dogs. So uh, we kicked that off and uh, that's something that's in the works now and we're really excited about. So would it be a marketplace or would it be products that you guys create on your own? So it'll be products that, that we create on our own and, uh, you know, on the site we'll showcase everything that's in our little market. Cool. Yeah. That's yeah. really awesome. Looking thanks. forward to, uh, to seeing uh, what comes of it. Yeah, thanks. So I always think it's, uh, you know, super interesting to speak with people who travel a lot because I think travel does kind of shape your perspective on the world and, and you know, gives you new experiences and new outlooks. But what's really interesting is that your career so far has spanned three major cities, all with a pretty, you know, rich design and startup culture, uh, you know, San Francisco, New York, and, and Berlin. So how has each city influenced you and, and which one had the biggest influence to your style or your outlook? Ooh, good question. Um, I don't think I've ever been asked this before. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean... Going from New York to San Francisco to Berlin was definitely, you know, in in, in many ways the same because you know they're all they're all major cities. Um, so in that regard, they're you know they're loud, they're busy. Yeah. Um, but um, I think going through each of them, I've definitely learned something new, and I've grown as not only an individual but as a designer. And um, I think going from New York to San Francisco was an interesting uh, shift you know in San Francisco I was like really submerged in the the tech community there and the design community um, and I had a, a, a chance to really really 
submerge myself in that. Um, meeting with people, um, seeing what everyone is up to, watching how hard everyone works, and just you know, they're, they're con- you know, there's always a hackathon. There's always something going on. There's always an event to connect. So I think in that regard, um, you know, San Francisco was the connecting city. You know, New York for me was home, and um, you know, there's a different quality of of designers out there. There's different types of designers out there. Um, and, and for me, I think I'll always be a bit biased because New York is, is where I grew up. And then Berlin, Berlin, I, I think, I think it's safe to say I grew the most here. Um, going from New York to San Francisco, both of those cities are extremely chaotic. I was always on the go in them. Um, and I, I actually didn't have time to, to learn, you know, I was, I was continually designing, I was continually working, um, but I didn't have time to actually sit back balance myself out as a person in my personal life, have my startup, and then be able to actually have time to just work on the ideas that I have and the ideas that I, I really want to see pushed out there. Hmm. Um, and and that, that's something I was able to do here because Berlin, even though it's a major city, it's very calm. It's quiet. Um, it's, and, and that's something that I really love. It has this nice balance of, of city and suburban life. Um, so I was able to kind of just sit back and, and reacclimate and, and go from there. And that's where I'm at now. So I definitely say Berlin, biggest growth as a, as a person and as a designer. Do you notice a, a huge difference in between the design and startup culture of Europe compared to the North American culture that you grew up in? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and this is something that I, that I talk to a lot of people about and a lot of people ask and, um, you know, I think there's always going to be a, or maybe not always, but for, for quite some time, there's going to be a difference between the startup culture here in Berlin and the one in like so Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. you know, Berlin's a, Berlin's a, a baby startup um, and it's growing quickly and it's maturing quickly. It's learning the do's and don'ts from Silicon Valley. Um, and, and it doesn't have to be Silicon Valley, you know, um, I think it, you know, the Valley is fantastic for a number of reasons. Um, but at the same time, it's not. Um, so it's it's nice to see uh, the Berlin startup scene molding itself into into what it can and should be, um, you know, and, and growing. But there's definitely a, a big difference. Um, I think here it's you know because it's still this baby. There aren't these extremely fantastic um, designers here yet. You know, it the buzz is just starting up now. And I, honestly, I spoke with, I think, 12 different designer friends of mine who are all now starting to um, contemplate whether or not uh, coming to Berlin is what they want to do. So now, you know, the buzz is, is starting. People are, are heading over here. And, and that's exactly um, how it grows. You know, when these big successful startups um, make it, quote unquote, make it, um, and, and it, you know, it creates that buzz to make everyone come over. And that's happening now. And it's exciting to be here and see that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've definitely, I'm not even a designer and I've, and I've noticed that, uh, that, you know, it's growing over there, that Europe's really making a good push. And, you mm-hmm. know, as you mentioned, you know, the same isn't necessarily better. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's good that, uh, that, you know, you're contributing or that everyone's contributing to the industry in their own particular way and putting their own spin on it. Um, mm-hmm. So do you ever see yourself coming back, you know, to, to North America or the States or are you guys going to continue to, to live in Berlin or, or try <laughs> something new out? Um, honestly, after, um, after visiting Stockholm, uh, 
about uh, when was it like a month or so ago um i absolutely fell in love with the city but then again i've i've been to a few cities in europe now and i've said that every time i was in there. <laughs> um so so i don't think that really counts um but there there are plenty of, of cities that i would love to live in um but in the end yeah uh, i mean um i would uh, love to to be back home um on the the east coast or the west coast wherever you know um and that's something that we're talking about um ben and i uh, right now is not the time um you know we're both uh working uh you know on our startups and uh ben's working at, at wonderlist and you know i'm working on liberio and uh, you know these are these are berlin companies um and and that's our main focus so you know right now definitely not um but do we see ourselves going back to uh, America for sure? That's that's home, and I uh, I definitely miss it, and I'm looking forward to going back. Cool. And so, with all the traveling that you've done and, and stuff like that, do you have any tips you can provide to other designers who you know are thinking about moving to a new city and really immersing themselves into the design or startup scenes there? Oh, just just go, just absolutely go and travel and. Um, I know quite a few people who are just the uh, who are part of this like nomad, uh, you know, designer uh, culture, um, and they 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 continually travel. They're they're in a new city every couple of months, um, and they 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 are absolutely loving life. They love it. Um, you know, they they come to you know the city. They plant themselves into it. Uh, connect with as many people, you know, through Twitter and, you know, other meetups and stuff. And, um, I think that's, that's really the, the biggest part is to, to just reach out to people. Um, you know, the worst that they're, the worst that's going to happen is they're going to say, no, they don't want to meet up and really who cares. And what is the, uh, you know, what are the odds of that actually happening? Um, everyone is so keen on, on networking and getting to know someone else and, and learning from other people. And I've never had anybody, say no to to meeting up or connecting or going to a meetup um and and i think that's that's it you know get to know the people in your in your scene there and uh connect yeah no i 100 percent agree i've followed the similar steps i'm making the transition right now to move to toronto and it and it's awesome how you can just re- reach out to you know pretty much anyone within the industry and they're more than happy mm-hmm. to sit down for a cup of coffee skype call or just you know a conversation through through email Yep. So with that being said, what advice do you have for a designer who would like to break into the startup scene? Like, would you recommend that they have like traditional practice within an agency before making the move? Or do you think um, starting off the career in a startup is, uh, would be good? Yeah, I mean, I'm not entirely sure um, when, it, you know, when it comes to whether you should start at a, a startup or, or an agency. You know, I, I broke into... Oh quote unquote broke into the the design scene um when I was freelancing and also in an agency and, and you know I think as long as you wherever you're working no matter what you're doing um as long as you plant yourself in there um and and make yourself known and and actually network um it doesn't matter where you're working um but but in the end you it really depends on on what your end goal is you know, do you want to be in the startup scene? You know, then obviously, you know, looking for, uh, you know, that startup that fits you or people working in startups and so on and so forth is, is what you want to go for. But in the end, what it comes down to is just networking, you know, talking to people, reaching out on Twitter, sending out an email, um, wherever, you know. 
So at Liberio, you're the sole designer uh, behind mm -hmm. the project. So what, what are the biggest challenges that you find being, you know, the only designer on the team? Um, I think just that, you know, that, that, it, you know, I'm the only designer on the team. Um, it's just, it's, I guess for me, the, the biggest things are that, um, it's, you know, you don't have anybody there to, to vibe, you know, or bounce ideas off of. Um, so of course I have, I've been, um, and I have my close, close designer friends who, um, I can share ideas with or, um, pass a design over and be like, Hey, you know, is this really, is this working? Is this, you know, is this understood? Is it simple enough? You know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it's, that's, you know, super different when you have someone else on the team and, you know, you're just hanging out at the office and be like, Hey, what do you think? You know, when they're sitting right next to you. Um, so I think that's something that, that I miss and that I'm looking forward to, um, when it comes to bringing another designer on board. Um, right now it's not necessary because I'm, I'm, handling all of it um and you know it's okay for now uh, but i anticipate in the the coming months that that will change and uh, i'm really looking forward to that so you mentioned uh earlier and throughout the kind of the conversation that you know when you got to berlin you were able to center yourself a little bit more and, and branch mm -hmm. out into your own projects to do some mm -hmm. learning and, and kind of exploring um mm -hmm. how have side projects really influenced your career insanely um i think i i I mean, I absolutely love working on Liberio on a, on a daily basis. Um, I, I live and breathe it, which is, it, it means everything to me. And, and I truly believe in the idea and I, I can't wait uh, for everyone to see where, you know, it's going. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I too get design cramps and, and I, I need to be inspired and I, I kind of need to, to make sure my creative juices are flowing because it's not just... You know, it's not just design that I'm doing at Liberio, it's marketing stuff and, you know, writing and I just, I need to kind of, I need to look at different colors, I need to look at different illustration ideas, um, you know, just mobile design, you know, everything, just something different um, to, to make sure my creative juices are just continually flowing. Um, so side projects do that for me, even if it's just, you know, trying a different illustration style out um, or sketching on uh, the app paper by 53 on my iPad mm -hmm. um, just to just to ensure I'm, I'm trying something different um, I'm learning and, and that's where the side projects really help is continually learning continually learning um, and in the end it, it it ends up benefiting Liberio anyway which is wonderful um, and that's something else that that I miss when it comes to having a, a, a designer with me on Liberio is, is that I want to learn continually. And I'd love to have someone on my team. I'd love to hire someone who, who knows so much more than me so I can learn from them. I'm not the best illustrator. I'm not the best designer and I'm trying to get there and I'm, I'm working hard to do so, uh, but I'm not. And, and I would definitely hands down in a heartbeat, hire someone who has in, an insane amount of uh, design skills so I can learn from them. When, when hiring people too, do you, would you evaluate kind of the side projects that they're working on to see areas that they're growing on? Do you think that's, that's important or uh, should, should people just stick to the areas that they know really well? Uh, sh sure. I mean, I, I, I definitely would look and see if they've worked on side projects. I mean, in the sure. end, I want to see. Um, you could never have worked on a side project per se um, and still be a really good designer. But 
I would love to see what you're working on in your spare time other than, you know, what you're doing at the agency or what you're doing at your one particular startup. You know, I want to see how creative you are, what kind of ideas you have, um, how you're challenging yourself as a designer. Um, you know, the same things that I expect from myself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's, yeah, that's super important to me. You know, is it a, is it a must-have that you, that you had to have worked on side projects? Definitely not. You know, but I want to see that you can take the steps from, you know, conception of idea, you know, through the full process, you know, prototype and visual design and so on and so forth. Um, You know, obviously, if you've worked in a startup, that's even better because the idea or the ideal situation is that I know you can, uh, you know, the full funnel of, of pushing stuff out on a product. But uh, yeah, when it comes to side projects, it's, it's wonderful if you have them um, because I know you're, yeah, you're challenging yourself. And, uh, and to me, that's, that's awesome. So yeah, that, that's great. Um, so this is going to be a two part question. The next one. So, so mm-hmm. where will you be in the, the next 10 years? <laughs> Retired ideally. Um, it's a great yeah. goal. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's a big goal, um, but it's possible. Mm-hmm. And I, that's, uh, that's the, the biggest part. Um, yeah, I mean, in 10 years, I, I mean, there's, there'll be a family there, you know, kids. Um, and I want to be able to be at home with them. Um, and, uh, you know, that's something that Ben and I continually speak about is, uh, you know, being able to uh, be at home with your kids and raise them um, and, and, you know, go through every milestone with them um, is, is a privilege that, that not many parents actually get, but people in this industry, um, definitely have the opportunity to, um, to do so. And, and I think that's, uh, something that, that is beyond important to me, um, is family. So in 10 years, I would, I would love to be, yeah, re- not, not even retired in the sense that I'm not doing any design work, but retired in the sense that, you know, I'm home you know, Ben is home, we're raising our kids and we're also, uh, you know, we're pushing out whatever it is we want to push out into the world. That sounds like a great plan. So with that being said, which industry or technologies do you currently see being the biggest opportunities for entrepreneurs within the next 10 years? Oh, um, so if I had to pick three, I'd say, or three industries, I'd say, um, education, healthcare and government. I think those are three industries that definitely need disrupting. Um, and yeah, I love what, what um, you know, for healthcare, what Oscar's doing um, in the States. They're a fantastic company. Um, and for government, I love what Code for America is doing um, mm-hmm. you know, with civic design. I think it's wonderful. And uh, yeah, I, I think we'll see a lot of change in those industries over the next 10 years. Um, and it's necessary, and, and I'm glad uh, everyone in this industry has the the opportunity to uh, to make that happen. Yeah, absolutely. They're pretty huge too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, so what apps, tools, or, or books are you really obsessed with right now? Uh, books. Uh, let's start with let's start with apps. Um, what apps? Um, the ones I use the most, I'd say, on like on a daily basis, um, are Sketch. Uh, for obviously for designing espresso for coding my designs um, whichever ones I do uh, prototype or email or whatever 
um, and Wonderlist. Uh, I yeah, I, I can't survive without uh, Wonderlist. Um, and then if I had to pick one more, I'd say Ember. Um, Ember by Real Max Software. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's where I store all of my my designs that I collect from the internet and uh, pictures and so on and so forth to uh, refer to for inspiration. So for I guess that would that would count for like tools. Yeah, it counts as a tool. Tools, yeah. yeah. Um, for books, um, I just wrapped up the hard things about the hard thing about hard things by Ben Horowitz. Um, and I highly suggest it, um, for anyone, uh, running a company or even, uh, part of a company. Uh, I think it's, it's super good to read. Um, the next one that I want to start is, uh, the next book I want to start is, uh, Zero to One by Peter Thiel. Yeah. Um, and, uh, another awesome one that I'm really looking forward to starting is, um, it's called How We Got to Now. Six Innovations that uh, that Made the Modern World. Uh, I think it's by Steven Johnson. Cool, yeah, Zero to One I can uh, definitely recommend. It was an awesome read. Yeah? 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 All right, then I'm excited. I'm even more excited. Cool, well, that wraps everything up, so thanks so much for your time, Kat. Yeah, cool, thanks for having me. Well, that's about it for this episode of Hack to Start. You can find all the important links beneath the show. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Hack to Start, and sign up for our newsletter to know about all the latest episodes, behind-the-scenes content, and more. Thanks for listening and see you next time.